What's up, world? Good, good morning. If you still have power on at your house, you are uh, of the blessed. We don't have it at the Oats residence this morning. Um, if you're looking at this and thinking, I wonder what church is doing, we are, we are canceled this morning. I am the only one here. There's no one else in the whole build except the Holy Spirit and me. So um, if you see this at a later day or any of that, just stay home today. Stay safe. Parking lot's pretty flooded already, and, and it's just now um, about 15 after 8. And so uh, you just stay put, stay safe. Um, I did want to kind of dive into the Word with you this morning. Um, so if you catch this at a playback time, um, you get to kind of check in on that. Uh, this morning, we were going to be in Galatians 1, 6 through 10. And that is a powerful a powerful piece of Scripture there that, that we have. And, and so um, I am going to kind of walk through some of that with you. This morning, so if you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it. If you want to get the family around, I'll give you uh, just a few moments to do that in my impromptu sermon. I promise you, I will keep it um, under fifteen minutes, maybe ten. Um, if you guys give me that much grace this morning, it's hard when you when you study and prep for a sermon. It's hard to condense it from what would have been forty down to uh, ten. So uh, we're gonna try to do it because I know you don't want to sit there and hold your phone. And I'm much better looking in person um, than I am on your screen right now. So, um, uh, Galatians chapter 1. This is, again, we're, we're walking through Galatians as a church family. And so if you have your copy, go with us there. Um, Galatians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Galatia. And he wants them to kind of counter this, uh, this legalistic movement that had kind of came up in the church. He wants them to kind of uh, refocus back on the gospel. And so the whole theme for today is uh, fighting for the gospel. I, I affirm that there are things in our day that we fight for. And I'm not talking about a political stance or even an emotional stance. I'm talking about there, there are Christian values that, that we uphold and we say these are things that God's word has said and we're going to stand firm on those things and so in Galatians chapter 1 starting in verse 6 the apostle Paul uses some cool language here right he says he says I am astonished now that word is huge he says I am shocked I am overwhelmed I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and you're turning to a different gospel. Not that there's another one, but someone who has troubled you and he went and they distorted the gospel before you. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we've preached to you, let him be accursed as we have said before, so now we say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you've received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. The Apostle Paul is asking us to fight for the gospel. He's asking us and longing for us to, to fight for preserving the gospel. When, he, when the Apostle Paul says, 
I am astonished. He says, I am, I am shocked at you so quickly. You heard the good news of the gospel. You responded. We established a church, and yet now you've walked away from all that in which we set in order. All of that that which God has given us, you've now turned. You remember Last week we talked about some Judaizers that had come in. The Judaizers had come in and they, they had tried to pervert the gospel. They had tried to distort the gospel and they did it with great success. They were telling the people of Galatia that you had to be circumcised. So they said faith in Christ is awesome, but you must also be circumcised. You must also give over to that Jewish custom. And that's not what the gospel says. Remember that the gospel is Christ plus nothing equals your salvation. That in Christ alone, you and I are set free. So the apostle Paul says that we fight for the gospel and we don't turn towards another gospel. Listen, this is going to kind of step on TV preachers. Like if, if you hear a gospel contrary to what Jesus said, he says, let those men be accursed. A curse, and that's not a warm, fuzzy word in the New Testament. He, he says it's better for them to die than it is for them to keep preaching a false narrative. He says you've turned from the gospel and you've left truth behind. My friend, if I could encourage you this morning, uh, I know it's a rainy Sunday morning and, and, and Tropical Storm Nate's kind of pressing on the Birmingham area. If I could impress on you anything is, is don't turn from the gospel. Don't turn from truth. Hold to the truth and don't distort the gospel. We don't add anything to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but yet we hold firm to the teachings of Jesus, knowing that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Remember Acts 15, verse 1, it says, But some men came down to Judea. They were teaching the brothers, unless you were circumcised according to the customs of Moses, that you could not be saved. They were distorting the gospel, and yet Christ has called us to uphold the gospel. And and so why do we why do we often choose legalism over grace? For us in, in the church, you would think that we would constantly hold to the ideology of grace, but rather so often we, we distort grace by this big word that we learn in seminary called legalism. Adding something to the finished work of Christ. Let me give you four reasons why we love legalism. It's appealing to us. It's appealing to us. We like the idea that somehow we can have a part in this whole thing. So, so it's appealing. It looks tempting. It looks like we're more important than we are. Because remember, at the very heart of man is a great desire to be God. And so we love, we love the idea that we can have a part in our salvation or that we can have a say in our salvation. It's also natural. We want to be a part of the solution. We think that we're impressive. We think God has, has created us to, to be all powerful like he is. And that, that, that's a lie from, from Satan. We are weak and we are feeble minded and we are prone to sin, but it's natural for us to want to be part of the process. It's manageable. It's manageable. We, if we get to have a say in our salvation and we get to have a say in how we think the gospel goes, then we can somehow manage and manipulate the standards. And that's never where the Bible calls us to speak. And it's also safe. 
if we can manage the parameters, if we can manage all that God has before us, then we somehow think that we, we've got a foot up. We somehow think we've got a leg up in this conversation about the gospel. And yet we, we've never been given that permission. We understand that, that the gift of salvation is that of a, a gift. We, we did nothing to receive it because we're not as cute as we think we are. We're not as smart as we think we are. We are close to sin. In fact, Scripture tells us man is a few days and he is full of troubles. So then the Apostle Paul shifts in the in our text in Galatians and he goes to give a, a warning to false teachers. And he gets pretty pretty serious about it. He he says, look in your in your Bible, he says in verse seven, not that there's any other one but someone has come in and they've troubled you and they want to distort the gospel. But even if we or an angel from heaven, now that, that's like this is strong text from our friend the Apostle Paul. He says, if, if we or an angel shows up and teaches a gospel contrary to the one that we've preached to you, let him be accursed. Can I tell you this morning that God's serious about preserving his word? That God is serious about, about his truth and he's serious about how salvation comes about. He, he's not going to be okay with distorting the word. And yet, we often will try to do that. We will tell people. And I've, I've heard this. I've heard if, if, if you would just get your life right, if you start going to church, things would work better for you. Listen, the church isn't a, a lucky rabbit's foot that we carry around in our pocket. The church isn't some, if I go there, God will get indebted to me. The church is the celebration of God's people worshiping the Father, the Spirit, and the Son all in culmination together. And it's a beautiful thing, but it may not get your life on track. It may not help you develop like you think it will because we're not that agent. You need Jesus, not the church. Now, once you get Jesus and as you engage the church, you will meet Jesus. But it's not a fix-all and it's not a band-aid for all. You need Jesus, who is the great physician, and he's, he's also a wonderful Savior. He says, if an angel or anyone else says anything contrary to the gospel we've preached to you, which is Christ came and he died for your sins, he was buried on the third day, he rose again, and now he has ascended, and he's at the right hand of the Father, he's making intercessory for you and for me, and he's coming back. If, if, if you hear something contrary to that, he says, let them be accursed. Now that word accursed is fun. What, what the Apostle Paul is ultimately saying to the church in Galatia, it's better that these brothers die than to preach a false narrative. It's better that these brothers die, that, that they are, are thrown off into the sea with, with chains tied to their feet and they drown. It's better for their souls if they're dead than if they continue to go on living in sin. He says, I've said it before and I've said it again. Paul uses a doubly message here. He says it twice. He didn't say it twice because he had a stuttering problem or he forgot that he had already said it. This was a way in the scripture that we would press importance on something that was said. And he tells him, he says, I will say it again in verse 9 of Galatians 1. He says, if anyone, 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 an angel, anybody shows up teaching a gospel contrary to the one that we've taught you, he's to be a curse. The Apostle Paul then says in verse 10, he says, For am I seeking the approval of God or of man? Let me ask you, are you seeking the approval of, 
of God or of man. When we begin to worship man, when we begin to worship man, we will quickly be astray. In fact, if you come to our church and, and, and for some reason you think I'm bigger than the purpose of the gospel, you've got it wrong. I am nothing but a pawn in the, in the game of the Lord. Anytime we begin to worship a man or a pastor or a figure over the gospel, we've put ourselves in an incredibly difficult situation. Man will let you down. Man will lie. Sometimes man will get the facts wrong. Sometimes man will put intensity on a different level where, where God is always true. God is always perfect. God is always, always, always upholding his will. Man's feeble. Man will lead you astray. So the Apostle Paul says, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? Who are you pleasing today? One thing I started doing right after college was um, every morning I pray the same prayer and uh, and I try to do it meaningful because a lot of times in our repetition we can uh, just go to saying a prayer kind of like the God is great, God is good. Um, prayer we used to pray over dinner. Um, it depended on what food was sitting on the table. Sometimes you could spit that prayer out in about seven seconds. Like you were just almost speaking in tongues. Like you were speaking in Spanish, just a different language. You would just spit it out because you were starving. You're ready to eat. And, and you have to question your motives. But I, but I started praying a very simple prayer um, when I, when I, right about right the time I finished college and, and I was praying this prayer. I was, God, use me today for your glory. May my attention and my affection today. Be on you and let what I'm doing be pleasing to you. When we focus on pleasing man, we're not pleasing the Lord. In fact, Jesus himself said you can't have two masters. If you're trying to please man, what man is after today is immoral. What man is after today is his own gain. What man is after today will not press you deeper into a relationship with Jesus. He says, if I'm trying to... Please, man, I would not be a servant of Christ. He says, I, I wouldn't even be a servant of Christ if, if my heart and affection beats after man. So if your life is built or structured around pleasing somebody, whether it's a husband or a wife, and I'm not saying that you, you should not serve your husband or you should not serve your wife because Scripture calls you to do that. But if your affection is to impress them, if your affection is to impress a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or if your affection is to impress your boss or your group of friends, stop it. It's vain. It will leave you hungry. It will leave you exhausted. And you've done nothing to work for the kingdom. Serving God will require absolute obedience. When you make the stand that I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm seeking God's approval over man's, it's going to take obedience. It's going to take obedience. And we don't naturally get here. In fact, there's there's a reason why there's a reason why we, we have the text and there's a reason why we have disciplines. In fact, Donald Whitney has a, a great book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. There's a reason that we have disciplines, and they're not fun. We don't think of disciplines as something that is as fun, but but it's something that we must. If we're going to do anything in this life, it takes discipline. 
anything. If you want to be the greatest golfer of all time, if you want to be the greatest baseball player of all time, the greatest pitcher, the, the greatest football player, the greatest couponer, the greatest, I don't know, uh, sensey saleswoman or man or you know, whatever you're going to do, you're going to have to discipline yourself for the sake of whatever you're trying to achieve. So if you're going to be an athlete, you're going to discipline yourself for that. You're going to get in shape and you're going to work hard. You're going to, to set yourself up for success and you're going to do all of that because you want to succeed in the life that you're trying to lead or in the sport or in the event or in, in whatever, whatever it is. You're trying to press yourself for that. In the same way with us in Christ, we don't work for the the over so that God will look down upon us and go go great job. We we serve because we want to be strong in our disciplines. We wanna we wanna know the word of the Lord. We want to have a powerful prayer life. This isn't so that we look at each other and go, look how impressive we are. This is because we want to have a a personal deep relationship with the Lord. We want our life to be more than the superficial. We want our life to be more than just simple. We, we want a, a, a devout relationship with Jesus. How awesome would it be if God of the universe, the great I am, said the same thing about you that he said about King David? That this sister or this brother is a man or a woman after my own heart. What would that mean to you? How do you how do you get there? You don't just end there. You don't just start and God's like, oh, he's after my heart. No, you develop that discipline. We live in a day of distraction. I don't know if you've caught on to that. In fact, some of you this morning, I've just busted in your feet. You didn't even know I was going to be here. You, you were just you were just thumbing through your phone, your computer, your maybe your power's out and you're sitting there hanging on to what battery life you have left and you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out what your day's going to look like with this storm coming through. You didn't know I was going to be here. We have distractions at every corner. We have things fighting for our attention and our affection. We live in the day in which we're plugged in, meaning things are constantly coming at us faster than ever before. Disciplines will allow us to remain in the Lord, will allow us to remain focused. But not only is serving God going to take obedience, and we're going to, have to take steps towards obedience, it's also going to take faithfulness. I've said this often to our church here in Palmerdale. I've said that you don't accidentally grow in faithfulness. You don't accidentally grow in the Lord. You've never accidentally woke up one morning and be like, hey, I think I'm closer to the Lord today. It's always happened with intentionality. It's always happened on purpose. And so I prayed this morning that, that you would take steps to grow in the faithfulness of the Lord. Thirdly, serving God is going to demand your life. And this is where a lot of marginal evangelicals tend to stray. Can I remind you this morning that all of the disciples, all of the disciples died. And you're going to call a flag and throw it on me and say, well, well, the, the disciple John, he, he didn't die. He was sent to Patmos. And, and you would be correct. He was bulled in, in oil. And when that didn't kill him, they cut his tongue off and sent him to the island of Patmos, according to early Christian writings. Um, that doesn't sound like a vacation. Like the island of Patmos is not like the Bahamas. 
Um, he wasn't sitting on a beach. Like this was, this was a, a uncomfortable situation he was in to the day he died. The apostles, those early church leaders, they all died because of their faith. Because they, they gave their life. When, when the apostle Paul, and we're going to get to it in a couple of weeks, when, when he said, for I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. In this life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. He, the apostle Paul said, I gave my life up at salvation. Everything about the the apostle Paul changed. At and so, has your life changed? Has your life been transformed? Did your life change at salvation and you laid down your authority? You laid down your leadership? I think my wife just called me. I think she's like, wrap it up, wrap it up. She's at home with Caleb in the dark. Wrap it up. Um, has your life been given over to the Lord? Are you living? Have you living? Have you given the Lord your life? And are you living that way? That he is the author and the finisher of your faith. Because serving God will demand your life. Serving God will demand everything that you have. In the Old Testament, in Malachi, God says, bring your 10% to the storehouse. And we equate that to a tithe. The New Testament tells a different story. The New Testament, when, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he said, paraphrasing, he said, Jesus, I, I want to be on your team. I want to follow you. I want to be about you and he had a lot of stuff according to the scriptures Jesus looked at him and he said go sell off everything you own everything you own and follow me go sell off everything you own give the money to the needy give the money to the poor and come and follow me the command for you is the same the command for me is the same God's not looking for an hour of your week. God's not looking for three hours of your week. God's looking that you would honor him with every hour of your week. So I, I thank you for spending a few time, few minutes of time with me. And if, if you're watching this live or you catch it in the playback, um, just know that we, we, we missed not having service today, um, that it was a deep conviction of ours that we wanted to be here. Um, but I'm, Looking through the monitors of shock powers, not out yet, um, but we are um, we are going to be back full force this Wednesday night and and uh, be ready to go. So I hope you'll join us. Um, I hope you'll invite some people to come with you. It's an incredible time to be a member of Palmdale Cross Baptist Church. Um, no, we love you guys intently. We we pray for you daily. We are asking the Lord to do a, a work here that He would continue to pour Himself out on us and that we would seek him above all else stay safe out there today if you need us um, you give us a shout and we'll be glad to serve you in whatever ways we can god bless you guys share this video and uh, we'll see you soon love you guys